welcome to Full of Words, the podcast where Sue and CJ explore the power of language and effective communication to drive business success. Join us for practical insights and thoughtful discussions as we explore compelling book writing and persuasive copywriting strategies while having a few laughs along the way. Hello and welcome again to another fabulous episode of Full of Words, the podcast. I'm CJ, one of your co-hosts from Catherine James Creative. I'm a copywriter and I have with me Sue Kennedy from the Author Academy and she is our book coach. How are you, Sue? Very well. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. The sun is shining here in Adelaide, so we can't complain too much. (laughs) And today we have a fabulous guest with us, a good friend of mine. We have Debbie Puchiniski from Sund Alistico. She is the founder of Sund Alistico and a movement and restoration coach. And in that business, they focus on massage movement and mindset. Hello, Debbie. Hello. Hello, ladies. How are we today? <laughs> Good, thank you. Welcome. Thanks for joining us all the way from, looks like sunny Wyala as well. Is it sunny there? It's not bad here today too. Yeah, I'll keep you posted. If it changes, it'll hit Adelaide shortly after. Oh, good. Yes, excellent. Not that far away. And then it'll go over to you, Sue, in the the next day. Well, we've got rain and overcast. It's not raining at the moment, but it's overcast. Oh, we had that yesterday. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for joining us, Debbie. So we've worked together before, particularly on language around mindset and things. And I'm really excited to hear about the, the business, how it's developed now. So can you tell us more about Sund Alistico and what you and your husband Ian do? Yes, absolutely. So Sund Alistico Services was an interesting way of how we came about to actually even name our business. Ian's actually from Scottish heritage and I'm from Italian heritage. And so we uh, decided to try and combine a couple of words to bring about the name of our of our business. So Sund actually in Scottish Gaelic means well-being or good health. Mm. And holistico is Italian for holistic. So that's how we brought it about. So well-being and health and wellness in a holistic way. And that's what our services sort of demonstrate. So Ian's the massage side of the business and I'm the movement restoration side of the business. Lovely. Yeah. Uh, so I love how they work together really quite well in that, uh, as you say, holistically, you're looking mm. at massage where the pain might be, restoration, but then also mindset, which I think is a really key part of it. Yeah, so mindset's most probably my little key driver as well. I've got a background in NLP, Neuro Linguistics Programming, and a background in hypnotherapy. And a lot of what I do with clients Uh, the clients I work with is very much sometimes when they come to see me they're coming to see you they've got some goals in place or these things they're wanting to work on but then there's quite a lot of blockages there and the NLP and the hypno has been really good from my side being able to use that modality to really get to the crux of movement pattern issues, our stories, our beliefs about exercise, our goals around exercise. Uh, Some people run towards things, other people are running away from things. So it's interesting what I offer. Yes, it's movement and my jam is very much the, the side of movement, but also with the background of what I've got as in mindset coaching, 
there's quite a lot of that there that you start to, I suppose, sort of uh, build rapport-wise with your client and trust with your client as well. Really powerful combination. It is, it is. And it came around really unexpectedly, but it's worked wonders. So, yes, the mindset is great. And even from the massage perspective, even with uh, Ian and how he works with clients, there's a lot of, uh, again, finding that people are afraid of massage. There are people who are afraid of massage. There are people who believe massage doesn't work from different events or different things that have happened to them in the past. Oh, and so by somebody or? Just experiences. Maybe somebody hasn't listened to them. Yeah. So again, Ian really even starts a massage process. There's a lot of rapport building um, and listening and not only where is this pain or, you know, how this pain's come about or why this, but also are there some fears for that client around, is this going to work? Am I going to become pain-free? And again, the, the stories that might be there for them. That's interesting. Um, I guess we're talking more about massage for a long time was just thought as a relaxation thing. But that's not the type of massage that Ian is offering. Is that right? Well, Ian is a trained massage therapist. So right from remedial to deep tissue to relaxation. The reality is, is when a client first comes in, they must probably have not had regular massages at all. And so initially it is that blockage, that sort of whatever, that pain, wherever it is, whatever's going on for them. So deep tissue is certainly sort of, or remedial is sort of stage one, if you want to call it that. And there's also a process of letting the clients know that it isn't all solved in one go either. You may need to come back a few times to see me. Um, So he sets, uses a lot of words to set that expectation up and let them know, you know, what, not only what is going to happen during the massage, but what is likely to happen after the massage as well. And, you know, what you may feel, this is the reasons why. It's not just transaction, thanks for your money, see you later. He does use a lot of words and a lot of uh, follow-up. He even follows up with clients 48 hours later. How are you? Especially if it's their first time seeing him. And then what happens is once they maybe go through that process of two or three visits where it's the deep tissue getting out those knots, you know, they're starting to feel more openness wherever it may be in the body, then the relaxation comes. That's when the beauty of actually just having a relaxation massage and feeling like you're floating out of the room happens. And then that client, you know, enjoys that and then understands, wow, I've allowed my body to get in such a state that it takes deep tissue remedial massage to work through that but once we're out the other side then yeah that whole I suppose self-care process of a relaxation massage regularly is possible but a lot of people do do the one and then maybe come back for a second and then depending on what their um, dysfunction is it just layers on top so if that's sitting in front of your computer or how often do you recommend that our bodies require a massage Well, from a movement perspective, it should be part of your exercise program. So if you think about, they call it recovery. So that whole idea of prepping your muscles. So from a movement perspective, it's a great way if you're quite a serious trainer or even general population who might go to the gym or do weight training or ride a bike or walk even regularly. That idea is, is your muscles will always get tight. So there's an element of recovery required and that should be some sort of muscle releasing. 
By the time you get to Ian, you're most probably in pain, so you need a good massage. But ideally, you can do some of that self-care yourself as well. And that's part of my movement restoration program that I do is some of it, when clients come to see me, they're working out at the gym quite well, their form is really good, but they're tight. They're so tight, they're not flexible. So some things I do with them is actually more mobility work and teach them how they can do a few little different exercises to release different muscle groups that are maybe jamming up. So to answer your question, Sue, yeah, regular, like once a week if you can, but Mm -hmm. at least once a fortnight. If you don't want to get to pain level, it should be a regular thing if you can, at least every two to three weeks. Mm. Every day you're wanting, are you, Sue, a massage? I'd love one every day. That would be fantastic. (laughs) Well, I walk roughly 30 minutes, if not more, every day. So, Mm. And things like your hamstrings will get, they can seize up with walking. Uh, Your hips can, glutes tend to be quite weak for walkers because they're not really doing any of that sort of squat work where they're building up their glute muscles. So, you know, knees, ankles, feet, all sorts of things can go on. And, And walking's good, but sometimes walking can actually also cause those injuries. Mm. And it's same with running, like running and walking because you're always in what they call a front movement. And if you're maybe not doing, you know, some different multi-directional work, that some muscles will go to sleep and other other muscles will be overactive. Mm. I'm just imagining mm. the um, the Matildas after watching them the other night. I assume mm. they're getting some fairly hefty massages going oh, on. If the you were to look them. at an athlete's program, it would have recovery every single day. Yeah. And that could be anything from like you've seen the footy players do it, you know, the old cold baths or the, the cold, baths, yeah, 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 the ice baths to um a massage to foam rolling to that is almost you know the back end before you go out to perform. All of that stuff needs to be and the mindset work. I'm sure they've got mindset coaches as well. All of that is required to come out and hopefully they will win the World Cup. But you know, it's that. <laughs> they will yeah I was watching it with my daughter and just watching the the goalkeeper when she was uh, fielding off fending off those shots and launch herself into the air to like six feet and then just down on mm. the ground and then get up again and be like this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So she'd be doing a, she'd be doing a lot of different things functionality wise that you know cater to what she would be doing in the goals yeah. um, and I say this she's yeah. younger than us too <laughs> yeah true but, but then cool. to rewind to just the general population who are us <laughs> yeah know, I say to my clients you know they're Things that we do, like I will be doing, I'll have one of my clients have a fit ball and be doing a rotation across the body. And I'll always let them know, firstly, what muscle groups they're working and hopefully what they should be feeling when they're doing that exercise. So again, words, not everyone knows muscle groups. So again, and another, another big thing is words are great, but also tactile with movement and with massage you know, letting people know, oh, so this muscle is doing, and running your finger across that muscle or whatever they should be feeling because the brain doesn't register much with necessarily always words or even visual. As soon as you put a bit of touch behind it, the, the muscle goes, oh, and the brain goes, oh, that's what you mean. Oh, that's my scapula or that's my shoulder blade. So I do use a lot of tactile going, oh, this or 
yeah, again, and I'll say to them, so if they're doing a rotation of ball, okay, so that's what you should be feeling. But then why are you doing it? Why are you lifting a fit ball up in the air and back down again? Like, what's the, purpose of, what's, what's the purpose of that, Debbie? Why am I doing that? Well, let me see. If you want to get that delicious chocolate that's in the back corner of the cupboard, you know, that rotational exercise is really going to help for that. So, so I'm always trying to refer back to daily activity as well for them. You know, why am I picking up these two kettlebells and walking across the gym? Well, imagine you pick up shopping, don't you? And you have to carry that into the house. So that's trying to always relate back to daily life and how that exercise is going to come in handy and also how that exercise is helping their muscles to retain sort of a good form. That's so mm-hmm. interesting to use the language and I find that and the combination of the touch. And now I don't know if this just reminded me of a story that I either read, I don't know if it was something you shared or sounds like something you might have, but I read about a man who was practicing doing this. So like for the listeners, picking something up from the front and leaning forward with it above his head. And mm-hmm. I think it's meant to be a, it's either somebody's story or a fable. I don't know. Anyway, one of those things you see on Facebook and an older man. So in his eighties or so, and uh, his adult daughter becoming increasingly concerned about this sort of repetitive behavior until she saw him at Christmas lifting up a grandchild to um, put a, a star on top of the tree. He'd actually been strengthening him himself, so otherwise th- th- he couldn't have done it. You That's know, so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that made me think when you're talking about the chocolate, there are other side effects or, or positive attributes you can get from mm. the body. Yes, and our, our body, when it gets tired, will get tired. And I think a lot of uh, of what I do as well with some clients is it's almost like give them permission. It's okay to let your body recover. It's okay if you're tired to not have to push harder. Or mm. today's a day that we're going to do a bit of stretch and yoga. So I'm lucky that I've got a few, quite a few different modalities behind me when it comes with movement. Like I've got yoga, I've got Pilates, and also sort of the personal training aspect and the movement restoration aspect. So it's handy to have those on the go as well and be able to read where clients are at and on the fly do different things, not necessarily just the one standard structured, whatever it is, programmed the whole time. It's good to, you know, read a client and say, wow, you've just started a new job. You've been going up and down stairs for the last five days and now at 4.30 in the afternoon you're coming to me because you want to do a, a weight session. And you can really see that, you know, the body is is not handling this. But because that person's mindset, however they've been brought up, because again, with NLP, you can look at people's beliefs and how you hear the shoulds and the have tos and the need to, and really can go, well, why? <laughs> when did you start believing that you had to be like that? Or when did you start believing you needed to be like that? So, and you can see people go, oh, okay, well, let's do something different today. That's my favorite question that you ask, Debbie, when I hear you ask that. Because <laughs> you've asked me a few times that question. When did you start believing that? It's such a great. Powerful. Question. Yeah, could because you go, well, oh, yeah, it really makes you think about the choice you made to believe something mm. or listening to something, what you heard and how you integrated that into your own thoughts. How and why you you are where you're at. And I think, as I've said, like people will, it can run positively towards a goal, but they can run negatively towards that goal as well, if that makes sense. You could go wanting to do exercise from a, geez, when I'm 80, I want to be able to still uh, be able to walk and, you know, uh, minimise my falls and 
whatever it might be to when I'm 80, I want to be skinny and look like I was in my 20s. Oh, well, we're not doing But they're the same goal, right? They're exercising. There's a goal. But is it driven by something positive or is it driven by something more, a little bit more negative? And the negative is, I suppose, then the one where sometimes the client gets disheartened is the one where they then um, maybe don't remain, you know, aren't consistent. You start to hear that I'm not motivated. So, and again, it's just getting to the crux of even helping people understand their goals. Well, Um, I'm thinking even that one you used, I know you were joking a bit, but it is unrealistic to look like you're in your 20s when you, even when you're in your 40s, it's unrealistic just because of body shape changes and hormone changes. It's and a lot of the language I use as well is, I suppose, from a movement restoration aspect or even just from a female aspect, a lot of what I do is education as well, like mm-hmm. just helping particularly women but even men, you know, understand their bodies, where the bodies, I suppose, different decades, your 20s, considered more cardio still yes strength training but certainly cardio for heart health and then your 30s you're sort of in the middle your 40s all of a sudden you know you start to feel things shift literally (laughs) (laughs) but why see what I mean we point down but why are we pointing down (laughs) like it's a shift yes but does it need to be down again it's this idea isn't it it's how we've it's the stories we've heard the things Mm. we've heard that somehow things go down well it's not necessarily down it's just a a change in direction or a and some of what I do is that like I have a client at the moment she's in her 40s and she's stuck in cardio because she loves cardio but the underlining if you really go deep down and you start to help her go deeper down it's a fear of putting weight on. Mm-hmm. And so cardio is this idea that as long as you're doing, you know, whatever amount of calories a day that you're burning, then I'm not going to put weight on. But as soon as I stop that, I'm going to put weight on. So for her, what we're working on is actually really changing from cardio, which in your 40s, lots of cardio is not recommended, and more strength training and helping her to become more exposed, engaged with that and feeling power and strength and strong and that that still does the same job it's this idea you know that cardio like it's the idea of burning calories I always get asked how many calories do you burn in Pilates compared to how many do you burn in HIIT I'm like well they're a huge difference <laughs> like they are but also learning about what your body can handle and as we get to our 40s and our 50s women's bodies don't handle cardio we're already pretty stressed out in life we don't need more of that on top Right. So it's also helping them with their goals. And that's why as part of my, I suppose, my packages that I do, I have check-in calls with my clients so that it's interesting how those goals evolve. And even for themselves, the client's like, well, you know, I thought it was about losing weight, but I've actually realised I love the fact I can shift from eight kilos to 12 kilos now. That's brought me more spark and more like confidence. Mm. You know, oh, Oh, that's interesting, isn't it? And again, that's the NLP or the hypnosis. <laughs> and it takes a client to actually a frozen moment of, oh, that is interesting. It's all, Some of it is aha moments for clients. So, so. That, that kind of leads us in well to the impact what the, the using these words has on people. So obviously you're, like you said, your modalities, you've got quite a unique skill set that you're working on there with mm. the touch movement and the mindset which I think is why the name is so perfect with the holistic approach 
And what sort of impacts do you see with the language you use on people? I see a shift in, I think, the negative stories, that language where before they were feeling guilty or convinced that this is the only way to do things, but then if their goal is to lose some weight, then why is it not shifting? And so when you ask them some questions and sat with people, go, yeah, go away and think about that, you know, and they do. And you'll see that they've come back and, and they've started to work on their mind maybe a little bit more, not understanding that maybe not everything is about my body, that maybe my mind is actually the one that needed a little bit of a clear up or aha moment of, you know, why am I just stuck on this idea of burning 700 calories in a night or, you know, in a session or, you know, where's that come from? Why is that belief still there? I'm especially those clients that are in their 40s and 50s, why is this still sitting with me? Do I care? Do I not care? What is important to me? What isn't important to me? You see the confidence grow, the empowerment of being able to question yourself. I think because I was going to say, because I'm in 40s and 50s, I think of it was just such a aerobics was the answer to everything. <laughs> you know. Jane, Jane Fonda, don't we love her? Yeah. And, um, Olivia you Newton-John. Know, yeah, wearing the tight clothing and the colourful clothing and the dancing. It was very compelling because it looked mm. fun and it looked sounded fun. It was fun idea. But I don't know if you'd ever done any of those aerobics classes. They're, they're really hard. I taught those aerobic classes. <laughs> so that's kind of a relief to hear that it's not really the best approach for women in their 40s. <laughs> and that's it as well. Like I think, you know, you can come away from if you did that in your 20s and 30s thinking, you know, you hear, oh, that's not for me anymore or my body can't handle that anymore. And it's not that it, it can't. It's just looking at different ways to still keep the body strong. And it's, I think so, it depends on the person too as to what's best for them and, you know, of what's happening in their life as well as to, yeah, which route to go. So this is where speaking with you would be, yeah, the smartest move, mm, <laughs> mm. Which, which what is best for them. Yeah, and I think if women fear weight, it, there's, it's giving the confidence, hey, let's have a go at a few different things here. You might find all of us, as I said, my client who is very, very cardio-minded, yet she's got a bit of a strength program now and she's loving it. This idea of being able to lift some heavy weight, which is ultimately great for her bones, awesome for, you know, that sort of steering clear of osteoporosis a little, you know, remaining stronger as you get older because then there's a whole hormone discussion in there too of what our hormones do for our body and lack of those hormones unfortunately then accelerates things for us yeah happens at menopause and you lose that estrogen and allowing them uh, giving them the opportunity to prove to themselves sometimes shorter and sharper is is a great way to go rather than necessarily longer and if your body's getting tired with those cardio classes, those dysfunctions are going to come out because you're not going to be consciously switched on to your muscle groups and how they're operating and what they're doing. You're just going to be worried about what have I burnt today? Well, who cares what you've burnt if I can just see that the squat you've been doing is not going to be helping your lower back or whatever it is that's going on. Yeah. So. Oh, sorry. So to, yeah. how do people find you, Debbie? And We know you're based in Wyala in South Australia. So <laughs> to get personal training, it's a yes. little difficult. However, how can people connect with you? Basically, at the moment, we're pretty much our Facebook page, which, which is Sundalistical um, Services. 
So on there, yeah, we um, put up stories, share a lot of different mindsets, bits and pieces. We do little snippets on how to keep your ankles healthy, waiting for your dinner to cook. Again, a great play on words, right? Four different things you could do while dinner's cooking. (laughs) So at the moment we're doing that and we're building out, I suppose we're building our community here. That's our, our big thing is being involved with our community, being a part of our community. And we have surrounding community, like we have people, I suppose, as far north as Port Augusta, um, right down to sort of, you know, Cal. So, yeah, we're very much, I suppose, small and intricate, but I can offer my takeaway programs to anybody who I have some people who work in the mines and they have a takeaway program. So it's an app. All their exercises are in there. They do a check-in call with me once a week. And if they're local, if they're flying fly out to Wyala, they get to come in and then do a bit of personal training with me to check up on their form. Otherwise, you can always do things over Zoom as well. But um, we're very much building our local community mm. as well. You only, only yeah. moved there six months ago, didn't you? So Yes, that's right. That's right. We're in a different part of the world, much warmer, but that's all right. <laughs> Yeah, I must say, yeah, Ian is a Wyala boy, isn't he? So for him, it's coming home. Yes. Well, I'm born and bred in Alice Springs. So, you know, it's still a small town, as in a small regional town, got that community feel to it. So, yes. Brilliant. Uh, Sue, did you have any questions that have come up along the way that you want to ask Debbie? No, I think I've already asked them all. So, but that was very interesting. I I loved it. So thank you. Mm, Thank you. People will be able to find all your details in the show notes which is great yeah we'll make sure we'll put the link to the facebook page in there so that you can connect with debbie find out about those takeaway packages i think that's Mm. quite interesting uh the idea that you can have some training so debbie will still be able to spend time talking with you and working out what's going to work best for you so you can really access those no matter where you are in the world which i think is great Mm. and some of it is mindset so mindset to movement is an interesting one too I feel like almost everything comes down to mindset. <laughs> Whether you tell yourself you can do something or you can't, you're right. But if that's you it. Know, you know, if you say you can, you're right. If you say you can't, you're right. It seems to be so, the one. So. That's it. And you will attract the can't. You'll attract what you are projecting, I suppose. Mm, yes. <laughs> what you think. Well, that, yeah, that's why we're sort of investigating these words and stories from all sorts of areas around Australia and the world. Because, yeah, Sue and I are both quite interested in the idea of words and their power for other people, but I think particularly for yourself, how you talk mm. to yourself, say to yourself. Mm. Anyway, that's a whole other podcast. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, Debbie, for joining us today. It's been really lovely to hear about your expertise. Thank you. Great to have you. Yeah, and I was just saying thank you. It's lovely to meet you. Yes. It's lovely to meet you too, Sue. I've heard so much about you. <laughs> it's all good things (laughs) thanks listeners for joining us today i hope you've enjoyed this podcast and we'll be back again next week with another fabulous guest i'm sure because we only get the fabulous ones so that's it have a good day thanks for listening to full of words we hope you've gained valuable insights and enjoyed the journey with us Keep honing your communication skills for success and join us next time for more exploration of the power of language in business.